and welcome back to one of your favorite Final Fantasy XIV podcasts, The Warriors of Lust. Um, today it is episode 15, and as you can tell, your favorite, your resident goth, is in charge. Of course, as always, I am the temptress of fate, Serena Hima. And I am the enemy of innocence, Callie Page. And I, of course, rounding out the list. Wow. wow. The insatiable? I am the insatiable Jiraku Drake. That <laughs> took me a second. No. I, 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 it has been too long, and I looked at my name on the server, and I went, what is this ubu bullshit? <laughs> and that's why my brain froze for a moment there. Honestly, I thought I would be freezing, but Jiraku, thanks. It was, it was to make you feel comfortable. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> well, everybody, how are you? It's been so long since we've recorded, unfortunately. It has there, been a minute, that's for it sure. Has. There have been a chain of misfortunes, one of which is me realizing that I need to uh, issue a retraction for something I've said on this podcast. Oh, do we want to start with that? I kind of want to start with it. I've been eager I think it's it'll be a good pace setter for the rest of the show. Mm -hmm. Okay. <clears throat> now this is going to require some setup. I will explain. I have recently, in the time that I have been that we have been away, I have been listening to a podcast called Resonant Arc. They're fantastic. They're basically what if book club but video game. They have a really neat objective of like we want to elevate the perception of video games as art. And to do so, they analyze games as stories. They don't really focus on the gameplay of anything. They've done all kinds of different series. I've seen the Final Fantasy X one, the Vagrant Story one. And most importantly for this point, the retraction I must issue, the Xenogears one. Because one of the things they talk about in their book club is the development history of the various games that they talk about. Mm -hmm. And in the case of Xenogears... Uh, they were talking about how there's actually a lot of myths around Xenogears mm -hmm. that are commonly believed and not true. So one thing about Xenogears is there's a belief that it was not given enough time. And while that's like on paper, that is a true statement. In actuality, what it is, is Square Enix, or sorry, Square Soft policy at the time was that no game can take more than two years to make. Two years is the cutoff. You stop God. at two years, no matter what. Xenogears got two years. It wasn't enough to finish the game. What, they what did a, not. What a wild staff. concept, given given more uh, <laughs> modern Square Enix, right? Well, you, I mean, you think back to between 1995 and 2001, they released something like 14 video games, and I mean, most of those were fucking solid. I mean, what FF8 was 98, FF9 was 99, and FF. Uh, 10 was 2000, right? Back to well, back to back years? I think FF10 was 2001, but I could be wrong. But like, you also have to think about right, uh, Vagrant Story, Parasite Eve, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, Chrono Cross. All of those also came in that same time period. Oh, I'm sorry. I just had, I was just off by year. FF8 was 99, FF9 was 2000, and FF10 was 2001. It was oh back to back God. years. I was just off by the year. There you go. So, <laughs> um, what this, what this led to me realizing is that, uh, I was wrong 
Final Fantasy VIII is not negative one good games because Xenogears being trashed was nothing to do with FF8. It was everything to do with mismanagement. Mm-hmm. Now, FF8 still sucks, but it is not <laughs> responsible for Xenogears also being bad. Can I just say that at the beginning of this, the moment Jiraku mentioned in the Discord that there was going to be a retraction on this episode, there was a part of me somewhere deep in my cynical little heart that I knew this was going to somehow smack Final Fantasy VIII across the face. I just Once knew again. it. I, I I knew it. I knew it in my soul, in the depths, like in, in that part of me down below, right around the duodenum that makes me Callie. I knew. So I you knew. felt it in your boobs? I, I felt, yeah. That is my boobs. That is what makes me me. Uh, yeah, no, I, but I knew. I, I, I knew that I was going to be hurt in some way tonight. Okay. Well, speaking of being hurt, <laughs> we, boy, do we have things to talk about we later. Have, we do yeah, have we some sure things do. to talk about. Well, once again, we took a break. I had a hurricane. You know, that was fun. You did? Uh, I did. I survived. Evidently. Evidently, um, I'm here. <laughs> did, did, so was it, in, was it intense where you lived, did, or did it kind of miss to the south or north? Or So there's this, um, you know, there's this saying that people have been saying for a very long time that the area that i live in probably will not ever get hit because there are six burial grounds around us what like native american burial grounds what six of them Mm -hmm. okay yeah and so every time that a hurricane has said it was going to hit this area it has shifted every single time 2017 it did it this Mm. year it did it every single time so so it was, what was it like for you? Uh, I didn't even lose power. I lost Wi-Fi for five minutes. Wow. That is it. Not even five minutes. It said, oh, I'm off. Oh, I'm back right on. Okay. Well, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, we're very happy you're okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was actually pretty okay. I, so. For comparison, I lost power for a couple minutes the other night because there was thunder on the horizon. <laughs> that's some bullshit I, <laughs> yeah i i lost power for five days earlier because a thunderstorm came through <laughs> i know so this is garbage so let's count the misfortunes i know there was one where i was sick and also yes. in like horrible insomnia problems i think that might have overlapped with the week when Kali was ill i no, i think that was the same week as the hurricane uh okay it was last week that i was sick last week right uh, yeah i I was not doing good last week uh i was sick throughout the week but not with covid and then i went to go get my covid and flu vaccine uh right after i got better and that proceeded to kick my ass again Mm -hmm. so uh i've been like on and off sick now for what feels like a year and i can only take that to be karma finally returning mm-hmm. to me for the endless amounts of uh jabs and zings sent Jiraku's way during his many throat infections. Yes. My health is delicate. Mm-hmm. We don't I don't pick on it and then you won't get sick. I mean, listen, there is an ancient saying, one that I believe has held true since the dawn of time, talk shit get hit. Exactly. And- <laughs> I feel like 
I have perhaps done the talk shit and I'm now in the process of the get hit. Mm-hmm. Well, I absolve you of guilt in this matter. Excellent. I presume I will feel better tomorrow. Good. Um, now, so this is from a while ago, but did you guys do the rising event? I, out? Let me tell you something about the rising event. Oh, no. The rising event is the cheapest <laughs> schlock. <laughs> it is. Do you know do, in wrestling, they have a term called a canned pop. You know what yes. that is? Yes. Okay. So for those who don't know, a canned pop is when you go out in front of the crowd and you say, oh, wow, such and such sport team is great. And you, you like you you compliment the local sports team to get a free cheer. It's a canned pop. Uh, <laughs> the rising event is the canned pop of Final Fantasy 14. And I love it unabashedly it is my guiltiest pleasure event of the year where i go oh my god all the feels oh my god i wonder if they'll play that remix of answers again they did every single time every single time and this year they got the 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 creme de la creme the piece de resistance they have the 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 fucking (laughs) uh hades minion oh Listen, so they have the Emmett Selk minion. I was yeah. like, all right, where is it? Where am I going? Like, first day, I was like, where am I? Who am I? So he has, unfortunately, he has replaced my Gubu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your um, son, your oh. son is, has been uh, disowned. My son, no, my son is on the, my island, walking oh, around, that's living free. Um, oh, wow. You really did send him off to <laughs> totally send him to the island. <laughs> I did send him to the island. Where, where, where's your son? Uh, he went to live on an island offshore, uh, but it's really nice there. The weather's beautiful all the time. He's running around and really happy for, you know. He's, he's with all the other, and all my other minions. Like, I literally <laughs> have my sheep minion sitting with my sheep in uh-huh. the corral. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so. the, I will say big missed opportunity that if you have the Exarch minion out next to him, the Emmet Sog minion doesn't shoot him. I right. I, a big <laughs> that that to me is a big missed opportunity. Like I feel like if if you have the Exarch minion next to him, the Exarch should start casting something, and then Emmet Sog shoots him. Just like with the Sadu and Magni minions that fight. Right. Exactly. Like like how did how. How did that get past QA? And someone wasn't like, someone had to be like, hey, guys, come on. This is a missed opportunity. And it's like shooting back, please, you know. Hands up. So, uh. (laughs) I was unaware you were familiar with kayfabe. Oh. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I was a huge wrestling geek for years. I wasn't growing up. That makes so much sense. <laughs> it really does explain a lot about me, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I uh, I know I was a huge wrestling fan uh, growing up uh, until probably like 2002 ish. Then I started getting out. I was what 13 or 14. I was like 13, I think, when I stopped watching wrestling. But then when I was in my early 20s, my uh, my brother started practicing to become a professional wrestler. Oh, and he like okay. went to like school and everything to start training for it, and so he was super into it. Still, like you know, he he loved it for the art form and for the actual like practice of doing so. And so I started watching with him and getting back into it, and got, I got really hard back into wrestling. Uh, and again, now at that point, I was starting to podcast and perform, and I loved it again. Yeah, just as an art piece, I, I thought wrestling was absolutely fascinating. And uh, so I watched it for a number of years after that. And then WWE just got so difficult to watch and oh, so God. hard to watch. And I couldn't do it anymore after a while. But um, yeah, probably until like two or three years ago, I was watching wrestling pretty regularly. 
I I was I was super deep into WCW as a child, as a tiny little child, and then uh, WCW stopped existing. Yeah, they they did do that. I will age myself, but I watched it so much when I was a child that my favorite one um, was The Rock. And to wake my father up, I would do the people's elbow. Now this (laughs) is this is the full weight of like a three year old. So I, I need jumping to, on you. I need to know though. Did you do the whole people's elbow, or was it just the the, the final moment of it? No, I, I literally would go into the room and go, "Can you smell la, 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 what the rock is cooking?" And then I would do the people's elbow. This uh, man worked. This man worked nights. So it was like the middle of the day. Oh my god! <laughs> Me doing oh, it too. No, that's so good. It that's so fault. good. He was the only reason I watched it. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. That that so. that's reasonable. Uh no, I, I got to I got to see some like genuinely like cool shows. I got to be there in person for what was it, Money in the Bank twenty the one in Chicago that had uh CM Punk and John Cena. Like that was incredible. Um, I, I can't well, hell say, yeah. I can't no. say I have met Jerry the King Lawler. You did? Uh, yes, I haven't oh. ha- I even had him sign a shirt for me. He was at a monster truck event. And he actually threw a shirt at me. Um, but I also do think it was because I was jumping um, and I was wearing a V-neck shirt. Ah, <laughs> ah how very in character for Jerry the King Lawler. <laughs> um, but I definitely caught the shirt. The person behind me did not think I would. And I said, no, fuck you. I play softball. Eat my shorts. Um, and I caught it. <laughs> and then oh, I, I lo- had to sign it. I love that you dropped an eat my shorts on her. Yeah, exactly. When you said very in character, I assumed you were about to say for Serena. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes. 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 You're not Um, wrong. And so speaking of some things, I forgot to talk to you guys and let you guys know what my honey thought of the Baldo. You know what? So if they're called out. If there is anything that we have been called out on, it is that we did not deliver on <laughs> did not deliver. On, on on Serena's hubby's verdict of mm-hmm. the Baldo. Uh, so you're right. Let's. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. So his verdict, I sent it to him when I was like, "Honey, how does this make you feel?" He said, "That looks hella uncomfortable." Um, but I was like, "Can you give me your thoughts? Would you use this?" And he was like, "No." Okay. To thrust with anything that could pleasure someone, it would literally crush my balls. So unless someone's into that, it would be more torment than titillation. And that was his review on the Baldo. He should that write sounds poetry. oddly familiar. <laughs> yeah, we seems... spoke about it. I do feel once. like I, I do feel like we uh, every every um, uh, I don't want to say man, but every, I would say every be dicked individual. Who okay. uh, that's a good that's a good adjective. Yeah, be-dick. every every bedicked individual who uh, looks at the Baldo, I, I believe, does indeed have the same first thoughts when they look at it. Right? Yes. I I feel like the first thing is the involuntary, like crushing <laughs> the thighs in, protectively. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, uh, by the way, I have been told that I have. Uh, uh, some people uh, I, uh, I create the uh, best uh, ways of describing people based on their genitalia. 
I like it. It always. I always want to know what you're gonna say. I know. So uh, today, as of today, we ha- now have uh, be dicked individuals and womb wardens. Yes, womb wardens. I liked womb wardens. Yes. Those we need to come true. up with. We need to come up with a snappy title that's a little bit shorter, and then put it on a crown for you. <laughs> oh my oh god. My. Champion of coming up with adjectives that describe people having genitalia. Yeah, Champ- you're right. It's uh, a bit long. A champion of acronyms for genitalia holders. Champion. I don't know. That's a long one, too. Champion of acronyms. I know. And it's not an acronym in and of itself, either. I know, right? It's not even an acronym. <laughs> long. Well, so I'm excited for this portion. Oh, yeah. It's our always and our favorite, the thirst down. Ah, uh, yes, after our uh, stunning defeat last time. Oh, you mean when, like, we all have agreed that we are going to strangle Jiraku together? <laughs> right? Yeah, that much. was definitely the agreement. Lovingly. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> after, after last uh, last episode's landslide victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I did have some concerns when I looked at this. Um, I thought well, there might be more fighting. So, why don't we go ahead, Callie, I want to start with you. <laughs> okay. I can't imagine why you decided to start with Callie. Yes. So, uh, obviously, uh, last week, I, uh, th- or last episode, I threw in the towel uh, and uh, just uh, said, Ilbert, yeah, uh, because I didn't want to waste my good one on a match I had no chance of winning because Jiraku got zero. So... Uh, but this week, I will humbly submit uh, Barbariccia onto the Thirst Down. The second time uh, all the girls had to change their underwear after playing. Uh, no, sorry. The third time after in patch 6.2. There was mm-hmm. Varshan 2.0 as well. Um, yeah. Uh, Barbariccia. Uh, a few things about uh, uh, the new Lady of the Vortex. Uh, she is grew to 2.0, first of all. They definitely looked at Garuda and said, what if we made her even sexier, though? They did. And uh, mission accomplished. Well done. Well done, Square Enix. Uh, appreciate that. Love. It turned out all you had to do was turn the psycho down a tiny bit and crank the Hair. cockiness. <laughs> yeah, up the cockiness, up the mommy dom, lower the psycho a little bit, and you're Just there. A- and it, Just even- enough so that she can have a conversation. Oh, exactly. Yeah, Just enough so that we get like full sentences and we're good. Like, uh, so she, uh, girl got them thighs, especially once the halfway point of the, of the fight happens. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> watching them grow. Yeah. Watching them just like bulk up. I was like, Oh, well, okay. Uh, speaking of Bayonetta, by the way, uh, <laughs> Serena, major Bayonetta vibes coming out of Barbariccia. Okay. Uh, uh, and so there's, one thing that I have to admit to, uh, I was doing Barbariccia EX with my raid group. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a part about the halfway point of the fight. Uh, after the first time she does her little cyclone jump up into the air and comes back down, uh, where she says the, the the phrase, and I quote, I'll make it quick. As if to say, you know, you're going to die and I'll make it quick. However, in that moment... All I ever hear her say, and I don't know if it's the the mixing of the sound effects of that time or if it's the the voice actress who said it, but all I hear is, I'll make it fit. And every single time my breath catches in my throat, my heart stops for a moment, and I'm like, oh, yes, (laughs) ma'am. (laughs) 
Uh, I like your version more. <laughs> I do too. That's all I hear. All I hear is I'll make it fit. And I'm like, okay. So how hard was it to clear given yeah. that you had a consistent point at which you would die every time? Yeah, I may or may not have cleared it yet. <clears throat> you haven't cleared it yet? Uh, well, we only tried it the one day and we got pretty oh. far for, we did it blind. Like we didn't, hadn't watched a guide or anything. So we, we got pretty far. Uh, it's yeah. not horrible. It's actually... No, it's a lot of fun, too. It's one of my it's, favorite fights. It's a lot of fun. I have cleared it an entirety of one. Yeah. One, but mm-hmm. I got the weapon. Oh, nice. The first time around. So I cleared it once. And mm-hmm. as a black mage. Do you know how fucking hard that fight is as a black mage? Uh, yeah, I, I can imagine. I'm doing it as a dragoon, and it's like it's like it's a lot of moving. All I, we, had a, we have a black mage in our uh, static, too, and I'm like, that's been a nightmare for you. It's a nightmare. I, I don't you, don't you mean scathe mage? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for that fight, yeah. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. No, for that fight, that's when you are using up your two triple casts. And you're like, please. Correct. Move. How long is it till I get another one? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I uh, not so humbly submit uh, Barbariccia to the Thirst Down. I accept. I think that's a good one. Also, uh, I love their remix of Battle of the Four Fiends for her. Very well done, Soken, as always. Always. All of the music is so good. The mm-hmm. FF4 remixes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They really are. Jiraku, what is your wonderful pick for us today? Barbaricha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like to point out for the listeners, uh, we make outlines for these shows. They're we not do, just entirely improvised. We are professional. Huh? Some some of us are professional. Um. I'll I'll let you guess who I'm not talking about. It's me. Um, it's me. So I jumped in early and wrote down Barbariccia like instantly because I knew attack. it would piss Kali off. Yep. I, I was lo- I've been looking at it since I opened this. So I was like, <laughs> all right. Since like when I was like, okay, guys, here you go. And I was just like, mm-hmm, all right. I'm waiting for the messages. I'm just waiting. <laughs> First zero, now this. I know. If I hadn't been sick at the time, I probably would have like gone into a rage. <laughs> oh, literally had a saved. moment of like, I'm too, I'm too. I don't feel good enough to be angry right now. Saved by virtue of sickness-driven apathy. Yep. Mm-hmm. But no, actually, actually, uh, I'm not going to steal Barbariccia. For I mean, obviously, uh, I am instead. Going to be going with, uh, I'm not good at saying Makote names, so you'll have to forgive me. That's racist. Achatka oh, of the yeah. Endless Day. Uh, the so girl with the tie-off pants, right? I'm sorry, what was that, Kali? She's got tie-off pants, right? She is from the Monk Quest line, mm-hmm. and she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. She's one of the two from the Shadow Sect. Um... And personally, first off, that selling point. Flexibility, selling point. Because monks are fucking great. Monks are hot. Physical perfection. What could possibly be better than that? What could be better than the person that's just, I'm going to spend every waking moment of my life having the perfect physique. There you go. Flexibility, endurance, capability, enthusiasm. Makote, all of these are major points in her favor. And she's adorable on top of that. I she is adorable. 
I love her pants. Uh, <laughs> I, I keep commenting on them, but I love those pants. They're amazing. I will say I, the one thing that I have against her is that you are correct. Physical perfection. You're a monk, right? You train your body. And this is not even necessarily her failing. This is Square Enix's. There are no Mikote models that have abs. And she she is dying for just some like chiseled abs to go with this. Yeah. Especially with that outfit. Like that, like she's got that that kind of jacket that's got all the the belts around it because it's Final Fantasy and she has to have like 12 belts that don't make any sense. But like where that jacket opens, we should see just a hint of abs. She is so cute. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she's fantastic. And I would like to point out that while she does not have visible abs, she is a Makote. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that just the whole point? So that's the just point. that's just playing with how Makote are. Oh, okay. I mean, I agree. I play a Makote. I mean, like, yeah, I get you, it. yeah, you should know underdeveloped stomach muscles are just part of the problem of being a cat. Listen, it's like having stomachs. a tail. Like uh, the, the, the entire Makote race is rocking a concave stomach. That makes no sense. It's because they're cats. Just jealous because I can't cosplay it. I like her Shadowbringer outfit. That's cool. It's cute. She also have a lot more abdomen. Still needs abs. Definitely agree with that. Yeah, that's my only thing. That's that's what I'm looking at is the Shadowbringer's outfit. She just she just needs abs. She just needs abs, but she's really cute. Yeah, she's great. I definitely I have to pronounce her name though. <laughs> oh, Chaka. I have a billion characters lined up for the thirst down. I will never run out of them. That is why I handicap myself by limiting myself solely to characters that most people haven't heard of. N zero. Oh, so you mean characters? <laughs> N-Zero. I, I look up every single time. <laughs> yep, that's they, correct. It, it has become a rite of passage to copy and paste whatever the fuck name just Rock Draka just posted <laughs> and see who the hell that is. Now, for our beautiful listeners, if you want to look up what this character looks like, the name is O, comma. T C H A K A J, because you definitely yeah. won't be able to spell it based on how we said it. Yeah, or Chaka. I don't know why there's a t-, t there. The T does not need to be there. Uh, I would like to correct that it is an apostrophe and not apostrophe. a comma. Shh. That apostrophe. is that is. True. I don't know English. I don't write. Uh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so Barbaricia and Ochaka. And then, for myself, I shall submit to us all. Uh. Biako. Okay, oh. now this is an important question. Yeah. There's like three different Biakos. Which is the one? Oh god. Because there's the tiny little like no. cat, which no. I'm assuming is not the one you're talking no. about. No, no. Then there's the giant tiger monster. Then there's the giant tiger monster's Mansona. The Mansona. Okay. Just okay. wanted to make sure that we were all on the same page. I think we should all we all be on the same page. But yes, I present Biako. Biako, God. Twintonia uh, is on this list. We have to make sure everyone's on the same page. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Okay, but, so Biako, uh, walk us through it. Why? Listen, every time I do that fight, I literally go in and I'm like, ah, oh, zaddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's been the on-running thing since I learned the EX version. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I just, he, he gets tigers for hands, and I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> you remember the episode of Steven Universe where he gets cat fingers? 
<laughs> oh my fucking god! <laughs> that nightmare fuel ass episode, like that, like that's all I can think of. Is he gets he gets Steven Universe's cat fingers? <laughs> wow. You successfully took this pick from like a six out of ten to a zero out of ten. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's not fair because like I have a eternal grudge against Biako. Uh, nothing in fourteen, but in Final Fantasy eleven, what a dick! I hate that guy. Like the number of hours spent farming Biako for nothing because he didn't drop any items for my job but i still had to go because that's what the link shell was doing that day because everyone else wanted biakos Hidate because it was one of the best leg pieces you could get in the entire game but dragoon wasn't allowed to uh, wear it and i don't know why because you know we were a melee dps why were all the other melee dps allowed to wear it except for dark knight who also got the shaft on it but <laughs> anyway fuck biako anyways i like biako i would just like to point out that yeah. if you let all of FF11 color your perceptions regarding FF14. Yeah. Then I I don't know how, but I want to somehow extrapolate that into one-shotting Xenos with that stupid Corsair bullshit. Because yeah. that's all I know about FF11 is the dude walking in, shooting Shinryu once, and killing him instantly. <laughs> yeah uh so there's uh an item in this is way so co too complicated but whatever i'll explain it. uh in final fantasy 11 there was a area called abyssia that you could go to which is basically the dark timeline of your current world you go to a world where uh it's the same place but uh at the end of the prior or like two expansions ago chains of promathia instead of winning you lost that's the difference uh, you fought the twilight god at the end of chains of promathia and you win, of course, in the main timeline. But in this timeline, you lost. And this is the world after you have died because you lost that fight. Uh, and that's what Abyssia is. And the final boss is Promathia, but it's now Super Promathia, uh, named Shinryu. Uh, and uh, indeed, you could... Uh, th there was an item you could get called Primeval Brew, which made you super buff made you super powerful and it cost a whole bunch of points that you had to farm to get it but it made you super powerful and theoretically yes i believe it was corsair that was able to do it you could uh deal enough damage while you were under a primeval brew to one shot him i have seen the video and i still to this day don't fully understand what i'm looking at i have had three different people 11, yeah. explain it to me yeah, that's that is that is FF11. You do a bunch of moves, uh, uh, which are basically just your character like pelvic thrusting a few times. That's what it looks <laughs> like when you pop the move, and then you pull your gun out and shoot him, and he dies. <laughs> all I'm saying, all I'm saying, is that I will never get Gambler in FF14. So give me Corsair because I want a job where you can one shot crazy bullshit and also roll zero damage sometimes that's I mean, what i want i, I mean, want the thrill of throwing dice i mean that was corsair corsair and in, in, in 11 it was a nice it was an interesting attempt at gambler because we knew we were never going to get gambler i will exactly. say what 11 did well is i was just talking about this the other day 11 is the best uh implementation of blue mage to ever exist in a final fantasy game far enough <laughs> That is a bold claim. It is, and it's, but it's 100% true. It is everything you want Blue Mage to be. 
you go out and you fight enemies that have existed forever and you uh, when they l- use the spell or the move you have a chance to learn it after you beat them you can equip certain numbers of spells just like you can in ff uh, 14 and when you equip them uh, depending on if they like sync well with each other you can uh, bu- boost your stats and your abilities with that and uh, some of them can skill chain together and do stuff and do uh, combo off one another and yeah it was just a really really effective use of, of blue mage and a really cool implementation of it that sounds pretty rad honestly <laughs> it was my blue like, mage is so under leveled in 14 <laughs> and that's what I mean like like FF14's blue mage like by comparison was just weak like it was like it was okay as an attempt at it but it, like but the blue mage of 11 was also a full job it was just a, a job like any other you could take into content blue mage is a testament to the cowardice of the developers of ff14 F- F- <laughs> I, I mean especially yeah given what it was like in 11 and like i understand they didn't want to break the holy trinity they never have wanted to they've always been terrified to, to do so and blue mage would force them to but fuck it they He's resent Blue years, Mage, and they fear Blue Mage because it is the only healer that is fun to play. <laughs> because it's the only healer that has a DPS rotation. I mean, um, yeah. What about Sage now? DPS rotation. Okay, anyways. I don't know. He, I Don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I sit here Sage, with my Black Mage Sage, and my Scholar. <laughs> Sage has a very fancy variation on... Uh, I have a dot and I have a single target spell and then I have an AOE spell, but that is Sage. Sage cannot walk forward and throw out 30 fucking primal spells and then also heal the whole party. No, it can't. No, most definitely can't. No. That Blue Mage really is just something special. It uh, is my favorite job in FF14. I, I like playing healers in video games. I like playing support classes. I don't get to in FF14 and that makes me sad. I know. Listen, I love 14 Blue Mage. I I do. I've got it leveled max. I've got every every spell for it. I've done all the 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 Carnival for it. I love it. I'm very jealous of 11. Uh, yeah, but 11's was better. It like just better. To be clear, I'm not trying to deny that. I am <laughs> jealous. But also, the trade-off is you had to play Final Fantasy 11. Y- you did, and I <laughs> don't do that. think that's worth it. <laughs> Look up, uh, go to Google and image search FF11 Blue Mage Artifact Armor. I'm doing it right now. So. And and tell me if that aesthetic isn't fucking badass for Blue Mage. Well, if I could spell... You said, what did you say? Blue Mage Artifact Armor Artifact for FF11. Armor. Yep. That I'm is the kidding. aesthetic of Blue Mage in FF11. Okay, that's wow. real good. They they were the introduction of the scimitar as a weapon. That's their main weapon, and yeah, they were awesome. Oh my god, that's real good. Yeah, that's blue really mages good. were the uh, the personal guard of the um, of the princess of uh, Adargon, of the uh, the. Not, I don't want to say Sultana. That's not right. Uh, the princess, I think. Yeah, Princess Nashmira. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they were her personal guard, and they are cool as hell. They look, it looks really cool. So I would like to say very quickly, um, if you are like me, dear listener, and you love gambler and blue mage styled mechanics, play Bravely Default 2. Yes. What? Bravely Default 2 has a very good take on gambler and blue mage. 
Okay. Bravely Default 2 is the best Final Fantasy game to come out in years. Since Bravely Default. <laughs> okay. does, Bra- does Bravely Default predate 14? Uh, no. Okay. Dude, Bravely. I didn't get to play Bravely Default, alright? Yeah, Bravely Default is amazing. Bravely Second is okay if you like Bravely Default a lot. And Bravely Default 2 is extremely good. My favorite part of Bravely Default 2 is every part of Bravely Default 2. Okay. <laughs> I, I also really liked that there's several jobs in Bravely Default 2 that literally directly lift their fashion from FF14. I was not ready for that. <laughs> I was not ready to get a red mage and go, yo, what? That's just the Shire gear. What? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hello, 14? In, in my fa- Bravely Default 2? I mean, in fairness, 14 lifted it from other games frequently too yeah. but yes that's that's yeah wow. i mean is is dream within a dream from a game that is not 14 before 14 uh, a ninja attack because mm. they have that in bravely default 2 with the animation and everything yeah i don't i don't think dream within a dream exists until 14 yeah it doesn't interesting uh yeah, I love Bravely Default too, Serena. If you're ever looking for a good uh JRPG to play, I'm always looking for fun games to play. I, oh. I just like to play games. Well, Bravely Default one and two are both very very good. Perfect. I will add them to my ever growing list of games to play that relate to Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah. After Bayonetta though, Bayonetta more important. And Final Fantasy ten, which I finally got downloaded because I got space. Nice. <laughs> Hell yeah. I know. I'm gonna play it soon. I have a you lot of stuff too. going on though. You too will get to come on the podcast and tell everyone about how great Lulu is. Yes. You also yeah. told me to tell you when I get to a specific spot that I for, Mount Gagazette. Part. Remember yes. it. I just remember Mount. I don't remember yeah. anything else but Mount. I'm when like, you that, get that's... to Mount Gagazette, I want to hear all about it. You have to stream that part and I want to watch. Okay. 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 I'll, I'll make a mental note. I'll write it here on my Kirby notepad. Thank you. You have a no Kirby problem. notepad? That's cool. My my friend made notepads. She has a Kirby one. She has a Gaia and Rin one. She has a Graha one. And she has an Emmett Salt one. I love that. I have that all is... four of them because I am a slut for my friend's arts. That is adorable. I will send them to you guys. Thank you. <laughs> so speaking oh, of multiple characters. Of all of these characters is what I was trying to get to. <laughs> Um, <laughs> please, <Jesus. drag> you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so giggly tonight, and this is what happens. So, today, um, let's go ahead and talk about how we can manage multiple characters, mm. albeit Final Fantasy 14. Maybe you can even take this into playing Dungeons and Dragons if you're like Callie and crazy and in multiple games. I'm in five. Exactly. Um, or if you're like Draku and have over 30 alts, which I'm also like Draku. <laughs> that's that's so many alts. <laughs> A friend made me count up <laughs> how many characters I have in total made, including characters that were later re-rolled. Yeah. And I don't remember the specific number but because it was very late at night, but I know it was over 60. Jesus Christ, Rocket. That's so many. 
Uh, well, well, I can justify each of them individually. It would just take a while. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm certain it would. And that's that's not for the podcast. Yeah, that that's reasonable. So, first and foremost, why do we have so many characters? Like, mm. why do you make so many different characters? Well, uh, I can I can speak to it for why I do. And I think that this is the general reason that people end up doing it broadly is when you want to role play situations in Final Fantasy 14. Um, it there's three ways you can go about doing it. Mm -hmm. Way one, uh, I will not go to any event that my character, it doesn't make sense that they'd be there. If I want to go to the fucking maid cafe, but my character is a grim stoic not fun character i'm not going to the maid cafe mm -hmm. that is the way that some people adopt that leads to you not participating in fun things that you otherwise would want to right that's mm -hmm. the yep. downside of that but if you make more characters you always have a character suited to every situation somewhere if you make enough of them exactly the other two ways that people do it is they will just go to everything with their character and figure out a way to justify their character being there, which for, I would say, 95% of situations, you can figure out a way. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's also the people that just go, my I have the one character that is everything. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of the times it starts off as as that. It starts off where we have the character that we play that we've fallen in love with and that we, you know, we want to tell their story and see them grow. And for a while, they do exactly that, where they do attend all these different kinds of, not necessarily even events, but just story arcs that they write for this character or that they can fit their character into. And you get to the point eventually where you go, wow, my character has done a lot. Like, wow, that's interesting that she's both the warrior of light and a professional street racer in a world that doesn't have cars. So that's interesting. I don't know how we got from A to B on that one. But um, I think you start branching out and making new characters a lot of the time when that first character has done so many things and has grown so much that it's like, I don't want to undo their growth to, to go back and experience this story from where it makes sense to pick it up. I Let's just write a new character who hasn't yet gone through growth like that or, or, might, or might go a different way with it. And you start making new characters to tell new stories with. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's one of the main reasons why I end up having so many different characters is I've told a lot of stories. And I don't want it to have just been Callie having done all of them like i wanted to tell a story about I'll, I'll give an example i wanted to when i was doing my my most recent playthrough of 14 i was in stormblood and stormblood was uh, historically a expansion i was not particularly nice to but on my we all have flaws i understand <laughs> yeah, on, my, on my more recent playthrough of it i enjoyed it way more than i had the first time around and I particularly enjoyed the story of the liberation of um, Alamigo. Um, I, I loved the the liberty or death and the you know rising up against tyranny and you know it's it's a tale as old as time, but one that is you know an oldie but a goodie. And I 
wanted to tell a story about that moment being impactful for me or for the warrior of light, but it made no sense for it to be particularly impactful for Callie. She doesn't really have a whole lot of relation to what's going on in, in that sense. She didn't really care for her homeland. She kind of washed her hands of all of it and went to go live in Limsa after everything. And so it didn't really make sense as, as that being a big moment for her and her story arc. And so when I started playing another character named Lily, who then, then you can write it as, okay, well, why would that be important for Lily? Why, would, why is that a, a major moment for her? What has uh, happened in her life that it's so powerful that she gets to lead this kind of liberation of Alamigo? Uh, I think that is one of the reasons that we start, especially in role play, where we start to really branch out and write different stories and different characters. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would say it's like a big thing because like with Jiraku said and with like that, you don't want it to all be the same person. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like there comes a time where it's like, Hey, I don't need my character to have been everything all the time forever. That's one's just is too much to remember or too much to keep basically to that one person. I like with Draku, like all of the characters that I have are for me to go to different types of events or different things that I have encountered in the story that I want to play off of. Like right. I have Serena, but I also have a character that I made that basically belongs to the first. Right. And that's where she is. That is her story. So if you want an example of uh, how much the story can affect things uh, between a falling out I had with a specific group at the uh, contemporary to the time and with how Stormblood went, uh, I speaking of rerolling characters, I used to have like four Alamegan characters or characters mm-hmm. deeply tied to Alamigo. Right. And then Stormblood happened. And I have now zero characters with ties to El Amigo. Oh no. Oh no. Stormblood is not going well did... for them. Well, I re-rolled them, basically wrote endings for them and then ditched. Right. Um, because I hate how Stormblood treated El Amigo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but more importantly, I hate the inclusion of Ivelisse in Final Fantasy XIV, and I wish it had never happened. And Same. I wish I could remove it. I because the so much that makes Alamigo good is that it is a very interesting and fascinating way to incorporate a lot of the themes of Ivelisse without just copy pasting Ivelisse. Right. And so when you then go, okay, Alamigo, here's your lackluster ending. By the way, we're copy pasting Ivelisse in. It's like such a thumb in the eye. Yeah. Especially when the first trailer is, hey, we're going to go to Alamigo. Like, this is the Alamigo expansion. Okay, well, it's not, and the city is not Alamigo. Right. The, the city that you get is not Alamegan. Uh, the shitty Idleshire knockoff is Alamigo. Right. Yeah. I mean, and even then, not really, because the really the, the Idleshire knockoff in that expansion is... Um, it's a military camp way on the outskirts. Yeah, yeah it's Rolgers yeah. Reach. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it was, I, I, I'm with you. Uh, but ultimately I, I think 
I think Stormblood as a whole is really good. And one of the reasons I liked it is because it was contemporary with Final Fantasy 15, a game about a road trip that said that you can't have women on a road trip and have a good story, according to the fucking, I can't remember if it was like the lead writer or the director or someone. Uh, And then immediately with Stormblood, here is a story about a road trip to save the world. And it's nothing but women if you play a female character Correct. right until yep. you hit the point where he joins. And then it's only majority women. Yeah. Well, so I was, I was, well, you know what? I was about to say Alphano's there, but eh. Alphano's <laughs> not. Alice is there. Oh, Alphano's you're right. Alphano's like it basically not there. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I forgot. Alphano doesn't show up until later when he spends all the money on a sword. Yep. That's correct. And that gets in trouble. Correct. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think the, to Serena's point about characters that have done too much oh, it's oh right whoops ultimately <laughs> us yeah ultimately <laughs> i think the reason that we feel that way though is because we as people love character like, we like characters for what's good about them and what they do and we love them for their flaws and their shortcomings mm-hmm. um and when you have a character that's been around for too long and has done too much and has got has had all the growth and done all the things those flaws have become so minimized and scaled back by the end of it that kind of what makes them special starts to fade a little bit. Well, one of my favorite things to do with characters when they hit that point is make them worse. Because time time to scale them back. Well, if you think like, I don't even just mean in that sense. Like if you think about real people, Mm -hmm. not all personal growth is positive. That's true. Like character development is not an upward scale that just only goes up. Mm-hmm. Like someone becoming more of an asshole because they're getting jaded at things that are happening around them is not good, but it is character development. It is. That's just really specific as all Zorak. It is. Very yeah, I'd have no idea what. That, anyway, that seemed, that seemed like you can't. Like you came up with that really fast. Yeah, it was an example I had on hand. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so anyway, um, I will say as far as making role playing multiple characters easier. Uh, I have very good advice for you, dear listener, on how to do that. Uh, notes, notes. However many notes you have that you think is enough, take more notes notes uh, imagine take notes i use digital notepad files txts um just take notes on your characters on interactions they've had on what the character is basically look at it this way if this is this is how i take notes on characters to keep it straight right to keep managing multiple characters straight so that you don't have like bleed through of i'm starting to act like this character on that character Mm-hmm. So that's an issue. Um, the perspective I take is imagine today you just died or vanished or whatever, right? Yeah. Leave enough notes that someone who found your computer would be able to play this character satisfactorily. Okay. Um, okay. That's a lot of notes. It uh, is. Oh, can I, can I, I'll, I'll, interject on that um if you don't have 30 characters and you have a much more reasonable say i don't know three or four characters that you role play regularly uh my way of 
differentiating and keeping them separate in my mind is whenever I come to a story moment for any of them, I will stop for a moment and just think, okay, how would each of my characters react to this moment? Um, and that can like, obviously Draco for you, that would be a, uh, 30 minute derail every time you had a decision come up, but that's why I take so long playing final fantasy 14. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was because you replay the game 30 times. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also that. Yeah. That well, too. Typically uh, I replay the game like 22 times. Uh, that's, that's so much better. Uh, yeah, but I, 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 if you take a moment when you get to a, an important spot, and I'll, and I'll give you an example. At the end of 6.0, uh, when you have your final moment with Xenos, when he, when he challenges you to the fight, and he said, you know, one more time, let's do it, and you're given the choices of how you want to respond. You have to respond that you'll fight him, but you get to decide why. Mm-hmm. It, I stopped in that moment to just be like, how would each of my characters respond to this? And remembering that they're all they are all different and they would all have different feelings as they got to that point and what they were supposed to do there. Uh, that helps me just keep each of them in line. So as I'm, as I'm playing one in my head, I'm actually playing all four of them in different ways. Only that is, that is extremely time efficient. And I applaud that method. Mm -hmm. I I, I would say it's a, it's time efficient until you like, there's a threshold. I think you cross of characters. I think once you're doing it for like, six characters i don't know that it works as well anymore but if you keep it to like three or four yeah it's pretty doable i have tons I, of role play characters but only like three or four final fantasy 14 role play characters mm-hmm. i i do something similar where uh i go through and have the morbid check of are any of these responses one that none of my characters would say oh yeah and then, then you, and then, of course, if you say yes, you have to make a character that would say that. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I mean, maybe. the response just sucks. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes, yeah. sometimes, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need an awful character yeah. that sucks. I get asked about it a bit with D and D. How do I keep so many characters? straight in in dungeons and dragons and i say i don't they're all very gay but uh sorry that was hey uh uh, that was a terrible joke anyway um but yeah so i have uh, a few different characters i play i've got lily who i play on on sundays in my final fantasy game my my crass lewd gunbreaker pirate uh she's i love her so much She's so great. Uh, and then I've got my uh, young, idealistic paladin hero, Rosalind, that I play on Mondays. My tortured trans girl, Tiefling, uh, that I play on Tuesdays. Uh, she's, she's she's very tortured uh, and very pretty. And uh, and Rosal- very trans. And very trans. She is, she is, she is extremely trans. It's a very big part of her story. Uh, and then on uh, Saturdays now, I've got my little ball of sunshine with a smile and affection for all the shiny-coated beasts of God's kingdom, uh, Nyssa. Uh, and so they're all very different. And my way of, like, keeping them, like, keeping track of them is to write for them. I write, fic- like, just like Jiraku writes notes, I write fictions. I like writing little stories as each of them uh, every week if I, if I, or whenever I can find time to write one. Um, that is all really fun to do yeah Yeah. and and when because it lets you not just develop them in the moment and what they did in game but you know take a moment to you know i'll take a moment like okay so rosalind is 20 she is this uh this this high energy loves to fight big amazon of a woman 
she is a noble ox of a woman, is, is, that, is the description that I saw that I very much liked. Uh, and uh, But she's young and idealistic still, and writing about like what her training was like and like big formative moments for her growing up. I love going back and doing that, and that's how I keep my characters like in my head like figured out and understood. I would like to say it took me it took me a while to be able to make different types of characters. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can say this because with Serena, she's purple. She's goth. She's a bitch. Yeah. I have a D&D character who's purple, goth, and she's a bitch. I think Serena, I say this all the time on stream and anytime I talk about <laughs> writing with people, we write about what we know almost, exactly. almost unfailingly. And all becoming a quote unquote writer is, is being able to talk about what you know in less and less direct ways and getting deeper and deeper into things that you do know but talking about them in different strange ways. And we all start that exactly that way. We write characters that are us. Because that's the life we know and understand. And then we start separating out little elements of ourselves to turn into characters eventually. I look, you know, Rosalind is very much who I wish I could be. I wish I could still be that young, idealistic person who sees, who thinks the world can be made better and it can be done the right way. I wish I could still be that. But I remember being that person. I remember thinking that way in college and being younger and being like, absolutely. You know, uh, Lily is, uh, or sorry, uh, uh, Paige is. Very much, you know, Callie during uh, transition and and right before transitioning, early trans years and struggling with those traumas. And uh, Nissa is uh, Nissa is admittedly my first attempt at making like just a super supporting cast character that's just there to smile and laugh and giggle and like chocolate and shit. But um, <laughs> uh, she is uh, uh, way too happy to be here. She also only has one arm, which is cool because. Uh, She's a one-armed fencer, and that's all she needs to kill you. Oh, that's perfect. Right? Yeah, she's a... That's pretty rad. Yeah, she's, she's, she got her other arm cut off by an orc, which was uh, she was not thrilled about at the time, but then she was like, all right, I guess I'll just have to go take an, uh, an arm from the evil bad guy. And, yeah, that's uh, not That's what she's not working bad. on. Yeah, no, she's got, she's got it. She's good. Well, that's what I say. Like, in the beginning, like, when I started making multiple characters and trying to be more... I have... My horizons have broadened. Mm-hmm. To be the best that I put it, for I have Serena, I have Kim Lona, which is my uh, lesbian pirate row lady. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm making a new D&D character who's happy-go-lucky and smiley and likes sunshine and rainbows and dresses in bright colors. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going <laughs> to say as a joke, when are you going to graduate to making a character who's a pink prep? <laughs> I made it. Don't worry. Everyone, it's, not pink, though. it's orange and green and yellow, and yep. I don't wear yellow. <laughs> Everyone makes one eventually. Yeah, I, they have to. I would like to offer a brief dissenting voice on something that you said, though. Damn. Oh. Uh, with all respect, uh, I don't believe that making the character that is just you is a universal thing because I never did that. You never, your like early characters weren't you? None of my early characters were me plus thing. None of my early characters were me. Hmm. They were all, I really like this, so I'm going to take that 
and add this and add this and this. And now I have character. Uh, I would say that is the other uh, route, indeed, that it can, it can go. It can also be uh, uh, young Callie goes, oh, I like Helsing and Dragon Ball Z. Can I combine these two into a character? Yes. I really like Devil May Cry, but it's yes. not edgy enough. How mm -hmm. can I make it edgier? That was mine. Mine was I, mine. So. I like it. <laughs> so we had edgy Dante, edgier Dante. Uh, I'm into it. Okay. I, I didn't say Dante. I said Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry. Uh, Virgil's see. so cool. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> A whole lot about me is going to make a lot more sense when you know that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all of a sudden, it all fits together it, perfectly. It's all coming together. So, what are some good time management tips that you guys have with regarding managing all these different characters? So, I would say, I think this is going to be a little bit more relevant with uh, FF14 roleplay mm -hmm. specifically because with stuff like tabletop games no one can save you from the complexity of trying to <laughs> arrange a time where all five people can meet together unless you're Callie yeah I would describe that as luck the trick is be a streamer that, that's it the trick is that's be, true here, here's, here's my two tips and tricks one be a streamer two five players five players is the number because if someone's absent, you can still play. See, I go for three when I run games uh, four max. But the reason I do that is because the way I run things is a lot more sandbox ish. Yeah. So like if multiple people can't show up, it's like, all right, well, fucking, hey, what in this sandbox do the people that show up want to do today? Yeah, that's fair. It's Which works a lot better with smaller groups. It is also something that I can only do because I'm insane. And I do horrible, awful things to myself, like never sleep and write for 16 hours straight and come out of mild exaggeration, a fugue state, uh, realizing that I have written 60 pages of a text document that I now need to read so that I can see what I wrote. Yeah. Sometimes you zone out and when you come back to reality, you've made a setting. Mm -hmm. this is a perfectly normal experience that everyone has Draco, are you okay <laughs> i need sleep uh, okay. okay i'm so Draco. glad we have i'm so glad we have kink of the week up next <laughs> right uh <laughs> oh boy but, uh, as far as time management tips uh i will caution uh everyone listening to this um Add new characters slowly. Yeah. Slowly. Add one new characters at a when, time. When there's a need for them. Like when when you have a story you want to tell that needs a new character, add a character. Oh, yes. Yeah. Do not make like six at once and then figure out where to go from there. Don't do that. And also, uh, I saw someone once who had, I knew someone once who had eight characters and basically was like, well, what I'll do is to make it make sense. I'll just uh, like have different, I'll put on the calendar what character I'm playing on what day. Oh, and don't, the, do that. That, don't do that because rigidity is the death of entertainment. 
And that, the whole point of RP is entertainment. That'll just burn you out, I think. Yeah. Exactly. And also, like, no matter how many characters you have, don't be afraid to pick your favorites. Pick just, the ones you just really like play playing. Whoever you want. Right. It's yeah. like having children. Just pick your favorites. Ignore <laughs> the other ones. Yeah, like you're not supposed to have favorites, but you do. So just, just go with that. No, pick your favorites. Play the ones that are are, are in stories that are interesting to you. Yeah. You're not like if you try and do stories that aren't interesting to you, it's gonna suck without fail. So correct. Play yeah. Play the ones that are doing like that are in stories or have growth arcs or no, not going on that is interesting to you. And don't be afraid to say, all right. I had a lot of fun playing this character for a little while. You're going to go hang out on the shelf for a little bit because I'm feeling a little bit burned out on what you're doing. Yeah. That, I would say be aware of when you're getting burnt out on a character. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I I can't wait till after the show to say this. Callie, that art is so good. <laughs> that art is. is so good. That is a uh, courtesy of uh, Miss uh, Buttered Apple, who uh, does art for us frequently in the in the Discord server. Uh, yes, that is my uh, work in progress. That's not even finished. That's a, a work in progress of uh, of Nissa and her awesome rapier. I love her rapier. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted her. She's got the goggles because in the world that she's in, it is illegal to be a fae, and she has bright pink bubblegum hair and bright orange eyes, so she has to wear a hood and. Uh, put goggles down over her eyes to cover them oh i am deeply amused by that um i can't believe it was sunglasses but i like goggles <laughs> well one you you you're really you're really uh cribbing the playstation 2 platformer look with the with the goggles over the head i was thinking she reminded me of chandra from magic the gathering that's who i thought of immediately when i saw her she looks like a way nicer Chandra, though. Yeah, yeah. No, she is a Chandra if Chandra was giggly and happy all the time. And, like, you wanted her around. Yeah, exactly. At all, ever. Yeah, no, that that looks sick, and I highly approve. Uh, we should link this whip in the episode description so that people listening don't have to sit here <laughs> yeah i'm just I wondering I'll, I'll you know what i'll ask apple if i can post it with the episode okay Ooh, make it like the thumbnail of the episode or something <laughs> i'll ask if she will allow that yeah I'll if she would that, that would be sick if, if not you will be able to find a, the picture in the art room of the warriors of lust uh, discord the layer of the casuals yeah that's where it could be and it's worth finding it there honestly Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you get to talk art. to us, and you get to talk to us. I mean, I, I don't know if it's a good thing that I didn't immediately go to that, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the art's a bigger draw. I mean, the art in there is. is pretty great. We also have a writing room that we share our work in, which is nice. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think we have given some rather good tips. What do you guys think? I think so. You think yeah. so? I think people will be ready to have multiple characters. Yeah, or just Astaroku how he manages thirty characters at one time. Yeah. Multiple times. When you, <laughs> last last thing I want to hit on that. Speaking what? of, uh, when you make plans, make short term plans and commit to base no more than two things at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes it a lot easier to manage everything. 
Because if you end up in the trap of there are seven days in the week and I have 13 characters with plans that I need to finish before the week is over. Don't do that. Don't do that. No. Nope. Just don't. All don't right. Do Once again, we don't go. burn yourself out. <laughs> uh, so, that? Uh, Serena, if you don't mind, before we jump into kink of the week, I think yes. I should mention this. I, I promised I would on the pre-show. Oh. Uh, <gasps> we, I did, on behalf of the Warriors of Lust, reach out to the community team for Final Fantasy XIV about the Warriors of Lust getting press access to mm-hmm. FanFest. And I did so with the full expectation of silence being my response. Uh, I did not expect, especially not so quickly, to get a reply, but I did, as a matter of fact, hear back from Square Enix about that. Press access. Okay. I did. And the short version is that it remains undecided. However, we have been given the appropriate person to contact and their contact information uh, to go ahead and apply for it. Okay. We have not been, we have not had the door slammed in our face at the first point of contact. <laughs> I door did the door did not the door is opened. It's yeah. cracked open. We're sticking our eyes out there. We're mm-hmm. looking. And this watching. feels like there's someone that works at Square Enix. Yeah. That that likes us. a lot of enjoyment from slamming doors in people's faces <laughs> and yeah. needs us to get close enough that the knob will hit. They're waiting for, yeah. <laughs> for a good rug pull. <laughs> but you got to be right in the middle of the rug. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so maybe. But uh, you know what? We are. I will say this. Uh, my wonderful wife and I uh, did book our flights and plane tickets or rather our flights and hotel rooms. We will be there as fans or as press. So there will be at least one, I can say, Warrior of Lust present at FanFest this year. I would like to say that my friends and I are well, currently in the process of making our plans. <gasps> our plans will slowly, hopefully more so get finalized after my big event in three weeks uh-huh. two and a half weeks actually oh my gosh two and a half weeks until i have a husband <laughs> oh my gosh you're gonna be so stressed on the next episode oh my god right <laughs> oh at least boy. i'm not moving that's a plus that's um, true so yeah hopefully i will be there i will keep my fingers crossed i want to go yeah for my birthday Absolutely. Yeah, right after mine too. Yeah. We'll bring a cake for the both of us. Absolutely. <laughs> uh Jiraku. Yes. Do you have any plans or thoughts? Is there a chance you'll be at FanFest? I would describe the odds of me being at FanFest as I would not bet on that happening. Okay. okay. I did make it to the previous two, but I'd have, we'll see. I I have not booked hotel rooms or bought plane tickets, and I would not do so before I had tickets to the convention. That's fair. Confirmed, locked, ordered. Um, because I'll be honest, I've been to Vegas twice now, both times for FanFest, and... I would not go to Vegas were it not for FanFest. Gotcha. Oh, God, no. So you're saying there's a chance, especially not in (laughs) July. Yeah. Oh, hell. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's part of the problem. Yeah, July July 27th, 28th, or 28th, 29th. Yeah. End of July in Vegas, that's going to be 
hell, uh, literally on Earth. Yeah, that's going to be uh, warm. I've been as, to Vegas five times. It's hell as, on Earth. As someone who has helped someone move house in Phoenix in the middle of July, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. including hauling things to the city dump oh, of the city of Phoenix in July. Nope. I don't think Vegas could be worse than that. But I don't want to find out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. I'd rather not know. Uh, yeah. I, also, I think... part of the problem is everything I wear is heavy black clothing. So, okay. Oh my God, well, that's same. I mean, I can... okay. Well, I, I do see something of the concern. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, somewhere between one and three Warriors of Lust will be <laughs> at FanFest. We will all keep our tentacles crossed. I we, mean, our fingers crossed. Yeah, uh, we will work out some way of having a a, a a fan meetup for Warriors of Lust. I don't know what that's going to look like, and I'm a little nervous about it. <laughs> I'm excited. It, I'm excited for the possibility. Oh, yeah. It'll be good stuff. Sorry so, to interrupt, Serena. You are completely fine. So, of course, for our last segment, we have our beautiful, wonderful anticipated warriors of lust kink of the week oh boy now for this week we thought we would get it all kind of out of the way talk about this because of course of all the following kinks there is always might be a part of this included in them mm-hmm. so this week's topic we are talking about consensual non-consent or yep. cnc yep now to start this off so we don't forget like last time is there anyone out of the three of us that participates in cnc me wait did we forget last time we i don't go back to it <laughs> we had yeah we had to go back to it okay. oh right I right uh, i participate i do too uh i do with i don't go super deep into it yeah but i skirt the edge on it like yeah. dip it's my toes tough. in like a foot maybe do a body slam who knows? Yeah, I tend to that's, go. Uh, that's a big jump. <laughs> it's one for me where I tend to go very deep into it, but only on the submissive side. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, hey. but I have There's done like one person well. I trust to do this kind of stuff with. Yeah, it, I mean, for sure, it is something that is, uh, very, very, very much, uh. Not something we do on the first date, so to speak. No, this is something <laughs> that you have to have talked about, spoken about. I would say make your little guidelines for it and have the absolute trust in whoever you are participating with. So let's talk about consensual non-consent. Um, for those who don't know, by the name of it, you can probably hazard something of a guess. Consensual non-consent deals with non-consent play or colloquial, what would have in the past probably been referred to as rape play um, or other scenes yeah. of not consenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, again, as with all kinks that we talk about on this show and the validity thereof, uh, it does ironically begin with consent. Indeed. All even non-consent play starts with consent uh it it is something that is to be done between two consenting legal adults and that's it who have to you you have to have discussed it and gone through it and understand what you're doing 
Um, I understand that for some, the thrill of it might come from the idea that you haven't consented, obviously, given the, the, the uh, material. However, um, that's illegal. Don't do uh, crimes. Don't do crimes. And uh, even if you are getting what you want, ironically, the other person is still in the commission of a crime in that case. Yep. So, uh, no, I'm sorry. That is a, uh, if, if that is what it takes for you to enjoy it, that is, and one of the few times chill. I'll say on this show, yeah, you got to chill. That is you something that's chill. not okay. Uh, all like sex is a wonderful thing. Kink is a wonderful thing that needs to be explored and, uh, and should be explored to its boundaries. Uh, if, if you have a, a safe, uh, place to do it and, and the right partners to do it with, however, that is a line that is a moral line and i mean i mean the irony of any of us talking about morals given the occasional depravity of this show whatever do you mean <laughs> i am a incredibly moral person but that is the line it is it is it it's even even non-consent play starts with consent but beyond that once you have established consent hey you can do some really fucked up scenes that are really hot. Uh, people are like, yeah. Like, I like. I'll I'll put it out there. I have done some scenes with my warrior of light, uh, where uh, she has a bad day with some of the villains. Like, I've done those scenes with people, and yeah, they can be really friggin' hot. Uh, why are they really friggin' hot? Because I established the consent at the beginning of them. Correct. Exactly. And like that's that's it. And now the scene itself doesn't have to have your character consenting. Obviously, you're doing a non-consent scene, but you, the person, have to have. I know it sounds like I'm harping on this, but I need to be really clear. No one wants to be misunderstood on this topic. No, God no. Uh, no. And I would like to say, uh, speaking of no one wanting to be misunderstood on this topic. Uh, I was vetoed when I said that if we have an episode of this season where we have a guest on the show, that's the one that we should have this topic on. <laughs> and it's I, I don't understand why no one else thought that that was a great idea. <laughs> really? You don't understand why no you one thought that I was a stellar idea? I imagine why that wouldn't be a good idea. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was more to protect us or the guest, but... Um, I think no, I... I feel I, it was bold. I, I'm not saying it wasn't bold. I'm just saying <laughs> I think maybe um, any other episode would be so, a, a better match. Someone has to be the voice of reason. It may as well be you. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be me. Although well. I will say it is a sad day indeed where I stand as the voice of reason. It's a sad day if I'm a voice of reason. Hmm. Um. So, yeah. Um. A lot of forms that this can take. Yeah, yeah a lot of forms this can take. Um, I would highly recommend, if you intend to uh, participate in or practice this in a roleplay sense, um, you should... I am, I am saying this from a negative experience I had in the past. Be clear with someone that this is going to happen. Yes. Like, make sure that they're okay with it and that they understand because when 
there is a difference between this scene is going to involve your character getting captured. Right. And that consensual non-consent is not implied in you get thrown in a jail cell. Correct. You need to make sure that it is explicitly clear. And you also need to talk about other like aspects of it, too, because uh, it doesn't necessarily involve violence, but no. it might. It, it yeah. could very well. You need to you really do need to kind of outline like, hey, here's the kind of scene I'm imagining. Here's some of the things I would probably do in it. Uh, obviously, you might not end up doing them all because, you know, you never know how the scene's going to evolve. But uh, here's some of the things that I could imagine doing with it. What boundaries do you have? And as always, what is your safe word? Or are we playing green, red, yellow? Yes. Yeah. What I honestly, and any type of thing that involves this, my partner and I have like a thorough conversation, as you should with mostly everything. Not mostly, but with everything. We literally sit down, we have a conversation. It takes as long as it needs to. I've, I've been with my partner for over five years, so mm-hmm. it's something we've talked about previously. And then if we have any issues like beforehand or anything like that, or if something's changed, right. talk, 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 <laughs> communicate, of course, mm-hmm. because I mean, we just want to make sure that we are both first, like safe, we're enjoying ourselves and no one has a breakdown. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing is like, uh, are we making sure to, are, we got to make sure that we're not touching on any maybe past traumas. We got to yep. make sure that we're not touching on, uh, on things that are going to literally freak someone out. Like you, it can be really easy to even more so than in say BDSM play. It can be really easy to cross a boundary. It can. And not to say like, if you are with someone and, it happens like you could have talked about everything like that and then something happens if you're if you're the person you're with there they say stop they say red right stop or even if you like know that they need to stop even if they haven't said it yeah you need you both need to have that like voice of reason well and, and that's the other bit of it too is like I'm so glad you mentioned saying stop because like, Mm -hmm. again, the importance of knowing what your safe words are, especially in this kind of play, because again, no and stop, which normally should be absolute. The scene is over moments uh, may not be in this particular Uh story uh, or in this particular moment or scene. So yeah, you got to know what your, what your words are and what your, what signs are and both as the sub and the Dom sub, you need to be thinking about your word and know it and be ready to use it when you need to. And Dom, Maybe look for some of the signs if, if you know your partner fairly well. Know for some of the signs that, like, okay, actually, I might be going too far. Mm-hmm. And then, hey, and- if if you feel like that and you start pulling back, and your partner says green, oh, okay, well, you know what? Never mind, I wasn't. I I misread on that one. And I, I say this is like I don't really talk. I don't. It doesn't bother me talking about. It. I say this is someone who definitely had to stop a scene because she started crying in the middle of one, mm-hmm. just straight up. Mm-hmm. and my partner is extremely understanding he was like all right we're done yep that's, that's it for that time for absolutely aftercare that's literally what it went to we went from boom in middle of it and he was like all right we're done here we are because yep. it's not because it wasn't the type of crying that normally could happen it was a completely different type right it, this so, was yeah this was dealing with shit crying 
yep so and that's when you know like you have to just be aware of mm-hmm. uh, but that's more i've like i said been with him for a while so yeah so i have had similar experiences that i'm not going to go super deep into besides saying yeah i feel you on that yes so people might say uh hey this is a really fucked up thing that you're talking about and talking about as a kink or a sexual thing and to be frank a lot of kinks can be kind of fucked up and kind of mm-hmm. and kind of like messed up things that people drive uh sexual pleasure from and hey you know what uh, ultimately don't yuck anyone's yum, which has become my new favorite thing to say. I, I, I absolutely love, love that. Right? Don't You're just you. full of good phrases today, aren't I, you? I, I, no, you know what? That is all credit to my wife and to my stream who 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 dropped that one. I mean, I for someone who's been in the kink community forever, somehow I've never heard that phrase. But don't yuck my yum is so good. I like don't yuck anyone's yum. Yeah, right. I'm I, I I love that phrase. But um, to be clear about that is. What pleasure do people typically derive from something that is, again, if it wasn't a controlled environment, if it wasn't a planned thing, would be horrific, right? Mm -hmm. What pleasure comes from that? And I mean, for me, at least, uh, ultimately, it's the same pleasure that you get from BDSM. It's the ultimate surrender of control. Yeah, it is a it is a cranking up of that, right? It's just that, but louder. Mm-hmm. Really, is what it comes down to. Took the volume and like turned that dial real loud. So I, yeah, this <laughs> consent goes up to eleven. Consent <laughs> <laughs> wow. at ten. This one's at twenty. Um, yeah, uh, exactly. Though it it is it is a scaling up of 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 trip of typical BDSM. It is a. You know, you think about so many people deal with things like grief and and we many people use humor to square away the atrocities of the world, the, the things that you, we use it as a coping mechanism, as a, as a way to process that like shit like this happens and it's horrible. And people will use comedy as a way of controlling that, of mastering it and, and, and learning to cope with it. And I think uh, in so many ways consensual non-consent play can be something akin to that concept of this is a terrible thing in the world but this is my control over it this is me taking that horrible thing and breaking it down into a safe environment that is controlled and handled and facing it in that way not to say that it would be any kind of therapy or anything like that that's not at all correct not necessarily but that can definitely like I think you're very much right with that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that you can exp- even expand that out into like one misconception I hear a lot of is people saying like, well, if you want to do this in this kind of fantasy scenario, you just want to do it for real. You're just like not going all the way no. with that. Or whatever. Like that's no. not, that's not what it is. That's not what it's about. It's not about, I want to do this but I can't legally, so I guess I'll do this. That's not what right. it is. No, God, no. Draco, that's... I just that's, wanted to shout that down because that is a misconception that I have had but, levied my way. But that's an incredible point that goes so far just beyond this kink. That goes so, to so many kinks. There are so many kinks that I am thrilled and love to partake in on 
in in role play or online or in text that I ha- would have zero like less than zero interest doing in real life just for the sake of like I don't want to know like there is a there's an excitement in the wrongness of it but that doesn't mean I want to do it that's fucked up and like there is a I'm sure a really negative cynical way of looking at of saying like well you just can't admit that you don't want to no I really don't want to that would be I th- I think about oh god what would be an example um Mine. like um okay yeah uh in 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 character there will be uh people who uh like to do extreme water sports right like that is something that can happen and uh i would have a pretty quick line drawn on that in in real life i don't want to experience that but as a primal thing for it to happen to a character i can see the appeal uh but that doesn't mean i want to do it in real life because that's still that's a that's well beyond my boundaries Mm. yeah and here i thought you were going to go for all the position as the example because (laughs) you know what what, that's a that's a way better (laughs) example actually let's go with that but uh, I decided to let you just kind of flounder about for a bit to see. No, what you I appreciate came up that. With. That was that was that was so kind of you. Uh, and I, I that's what I was. I was trying to come up with something that was a bit more real world than that. But uh, but it is a great example, right? Overposition. So the, the, the that's something that you don't want on the your physical real body, right? But the pro- role play is not your physical real body, right? The process of having eggs inserted into you. I don't want to do that in real life. To either to someone or to me under any circumstance do I want to experience that but you know what as a one-off scene in a kinky role play eh, sure let's see let's see how that goes and that's it's it's a, it's such a good point to bring up because it, it applies so much to consensual non-consent no I don't ever want to do that in real life I don't want to experience it and I certainly don't want to do it so let's keep it to role play, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we've got pleasure. We've got safely. We've got consensually. Who in Final Fantasy fourteen indulges? Xenos. Xenos. <laughs> I got to tell you, with Xenos, I'm not sure it's consensual. You know what? Fair. I yeah. I'm I'm not sure about Xenos actually on this one. Okay. I'll walk that back because I think you're right. My my gut was just Xenos, but no, I think you're right. Zero. Uh definitely. A hundred percent. Um yeah, no, I, I, I think zero is absolutely is zero gonna be the new Yishtola where she's a yes to everything? <laughs> no. I don't think so. Uh is Yishtola? Is this the one she doesn't? Mm. That's a good question. I mean she's a black mage, so she's got to have some interesting spells to use. See, I feel like the thing is she's more on the like I feel like Ishtola would be more into role playing like a contract thing where you're getting screwed on a contract, <laughs> but not just a full on non con thing, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Ishtola feels like the kind of person that would because that bitch loves demons. Does? Yeah. yeah. I, I I agree. I think I th- I think she is into it in a way that's not like surface level. Yeah. Uh also Yugiri, 
Yugiri. More cerebral. God, yeah. Yugiri. Yugiri. Do you think that's just like part of being a shinobi is like you hit like 18 and you're just like, you know. You know what? Yeah. I think I think she is a hundred percent into it. Yeah. I I feel like I feel like ninja girls are just inherently you know what? Ninjas are just inherently not just just girls. Yeah, no ninjas in general. My brain auto-filled the phrase ninja girls because I've used that phrase too many times in my life. <laughs> it's like how if I say big titty goth, the next <laughs> word is GF. Yeah, that's true. It's just innate. I I may have written the phrase ninja girls are kinky a few hundred times in my life. <laughs> come to think of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's what you get. He's always on the li- list. Well, you know, <laughs> I don't think I don't think I have anyone else for that. You know, I bet there's a lot of people in Limsa. A lot of people in Limsa, specifically in Limsa, huh? Only in Limsa. Well, pirates—they know how to tie you know ropes. What? You're right. You're right. They're I, surrounded I, with the awfulness all the time. Mm-hmm. What better place to do it in a way that's not going to be destructive? Oh, then are you saying Marlwood? I don't like maybe Meryl Whip. I feel like she's just like way more into like extreme femdom. Yeah. Than like a full on non con, right? I, yeah. I, I think for Meryl Whip, the pleasure is in making them say they want it. Oh, yeah. Valid. 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 Definitely. Extremely valid. Yeah. I, I think that's where the pleasure comes for her. I was more casting a broad net across like all of Lisa Lamenta. <laughs> like no. anywhere, anywhere in the whole setting, that's where you're going to find it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Callie used to work in Limsa Lamenta when she was in the brothel. So I will say yes, from that perspective alone. <laughs> I will say that of her many clientele, there was plenty of CNC seekers. All right. <laughs> Maybe Ishgard, too. Just from the repression. Saying- the, the, the repression exactly yeah no I, I can see that yeah agreed well i think that's a wrap i think so you did it i did it, you made it. <laughs> now you get to learn Draku's struggles now you get to do the outro oh perfectly oh fine well thank you guys so much i'm so glad i finally got to talk to you guys so, like i said it's been forever it has and i have missed you I missed you guys. Yeah, I don't like taking as much time off. We're gonna, we're gonna. I promise, audience, at some point we, this season, we will get onto our like regular schedule. It'll be after November. It will be, unfortunately. Middle I mean, November. that is the thing, right? Like, because we're gonna, we'll, we'll probably do next episode fine, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna get in November, and we're gonna be in the holiday season. And oh no, I was gonna say because I have a honeymoon. We have the next episode, true. and then I get married and I go on my honeymoon. How long are you gone in November for? Um, I come back on the twelfth, the thirteenth. Oh, okay. Well, that's actually pretty close to okay, actually. Well, we might miss a week, so that's pretty good. Yep. All right, cool. So, well, we'll figure it out. So, thank you guys once again so much for listening and just enjoying our time together. Um, you guys can always come and find us if you join the Lair of These Casuals on Discord. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at PurpleGothZayla. And also at Kieran Rose, which is K-Y-R-A-N-R-O-Z-E. Same thing on Twitch. Callie, where can they find you? You can find me at Ascalia, E-S-K-A-L-I-A, on Twitter and on Twitch as well. And in the Layer of the Schedules Discord server. And Draku. 
nowhere. Oh, okay. Well, Draku is no longer part of the show. Thank you guys so much for this last episode. I'm, I'm on the uh, <laughs> I'm on the layer of the schedules Discord server. Uh, if you tag me, I will see it. I am notoriously bad at paying attention to things, probably because I'm spending all of my time writing notes. Don't you know? In hindsight, don't be like me. <laughs> Definitely, definitely give us a tag if you want to talk to us, talk about anything. Um, don't forget, you can also get some Warriors of Lust merch. And that can be found at streamlabs.com slash Escalia slash merch. Yeah. Um, you can get your favorite goth shirt. Has me on it, you know. And you can get Kali and Jiraku merch as well. Or you can get all three of us. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> Who knows? You should buy the Serena merch, though. I have it on very high authority that my merch is the best because it's me. Uh, mine is I purple. see. Oh. But, Callie, Jiraku, thank you. Thank you for letting me sit in the host chair, Callie. <laughs> letting. Uh, yeah. You did an outstanding job. Oh, yeah, you did fantastic. You. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Um, don't forget, you can download or listen to the podcast when it goes live on Sunday at all of your beautiful podcasting, listening to devices, Streamlabs. What's the one? Not Streamlabs. Uh, you can find yeah, Spotify, Stitcher, Stitcher iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, yeah, wherever you get your podcasts the beautiful things and if you want to listen to our beautiful behind the scenes you can head on over to our patreon which is patreon.com right yep patreon.com and you will hear our beautiful behind the scenes that goes up every friday before mm-hmm. the show and as Draku say it's all thanks to him <laughs> yep uh so that goes up on thursdays and then the show thursdays. on fridays I don't know what day it is. Yeah, it is a uh, Wednesday right now. Uh, as yeah. we record. But yeah, no, uh, the uh, Green Room show goes up on Thursdays. And then the uh, if you're a patron, you get the show on Fridays instead of Sundays. There's the Friday. So yeah. Hmm? And I think that is it, everybody. Hate so it. thank you, guys. Congratulations. You Thanks. did it. I did my best. Good job. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Farewell. Really? <laughs> you know what? You're right. That was lame. Hold on. <clears throat> Good night. Oh. Oh. There we go. I need to Much better. <laughs>